0: Call this the week of Winston Peters, with New Zealand First leader riding a wave of renewed
1: relevancy. In the end, the voters of this country will decide this issue, not politicians, and mostly not the
0: media. Kia Craig McCulloch a, ho, and a te wiki. Welcome to Focus on Politics, I'm Craig McCulloch. What a week for Winston Peters, and not one, but two TV polls New Zealand First featured above that critical 5% threshold. And furthermore, in that most pivotal of spots necessary for National to form a government. On Monday, Christopher Luxon acknowledged the state of play, explicitly ruling in New Zealand First as a potential partner after weeks of implicitly doing so.
2: If New Zealand First is returned to Parliament and I need to pick up the phone to Mr. Peters to keep Labour and the Coalition of Chaos out, I will make that call. And frankly, I think Chris Hipkins will ultimately do exactly the same thing. That's not my first preference. We all remember 2017. New Zealand First hasn't gone with National in 27 years and could choose Labour again. But that decision is ultimately up to you. Because at the end of the day, elections are about choices. So if you want to change the government, then I'm asking you to vote for change and choose a better New Zealand. I'm asking you to party vote National.
0: A double-edged message from the National leader, a reluctant yes to New Zealand first, but an effective plea to voters. I'll make that call if I have to, but please don't make me. If there was any doubt about the subtext, National's campaign chair Chris Bishop soon put that to rest, speaking to Ingrid Hipkiss on Morning Report. I would describe them as a last resort option. Our preference But, is but it's an
3: that option that you're, that you're going to take, that you're prepared no, to take, that you are prepared to take.
2: It's an option that we're saying, if required, Mr Luxon will pick up the phone to Mr Peters.
3: How would it possibly work? It sounds like a
0: worst-case scenario for voters.
2: Well, it's, it's a worst-case scenario for us as well.
0: What a way to start a constructive working relationship. The man himself, Winston Peters, also appeared on Morning Report with Corinne Dean to give his response, even if a somewhat
1: opaque one. We believe in democracy, we believe in the people, and we believe that they've got the only say and we have stuck to our guns and packed the holes everywhere and we've got to go on doing that, ensuring that a thing called democracy prevails and not influences oh. and opinion makers. That may be the
4: case, but he has ruled you in now. Are you pleased about that?
1: <laughs> well, again, ruled you in, that's just not what the um, uh, seriousness of democracy is conducted. You don't well, it has it been in the, the
4: past John, because uh, John I, Key I, I, ruled you out once, it's been done before, so it is. It, it, there is a precedent for this.
1: Well yes but Mr Key when he lost the flag and lost the northern by-election realized the game was up for him because he behaved that way didn't he and I hope they've learned something now and understand a bit more about what democracy is and how it works mm.
0: okay to digest the fallout from National's gambit on the wider electoral landscape listen here to RNZ's political editor Jane Patterson
5: these questions first started coming up, New Zealand first wasn't polling as strongly and there was a bit of distance to the election but as the time has drawn shorter, the questions have become more regular and this is the time that the National Party's lines now really don't work anymore. They have been dismissing New Zealand First as a hypothetical. Mm. They're not polling enough to come back to Parliament. We're not going to talk about them well. Now they are polling around the, the 4 to 5 March. They're an absolutely realistic possibility that they will get over that 5% threshold. So National needed to come out and make it clear either way. Just finally, Jane, are there any risks in, in uh, Luxon's announcement today? Well, the risk is that he might put off uh, potential national voters or undeciders, although, as I said, it's been pretty clear that New Zealand First has been an option for national. Um, Winston Peters has, of course, been in various governments. There have been various controversies. He's worked well with some leaders. Uh, the relationship has blown up with others. Um, he's talking to uh, a dis- affected a disillusioned crowd so whether that will put off more centrist national voters but look this has been a possibility for quite a while it hasn't affected Nationals' votes so far as much as we can see so it'd be we just have to see whether it does have any impact on polling it may give New Zealand first a bit of a boost if people know for sure that they could be in those governing arrangements so the risk is probably on national side I'd mm. say.
0: Indeed, this sort of profile and attention is exactly what Mr Peters wants, a platform with which to break back into Parliament, yet another resurrection. It's also what Labour wants and needs right now, as it continues to slide in popularity, wallowing in the mid-twenties on current polling, with no road to power. Chris Hopkins knows he needs a circuit breaker, and he seized on National's announcement as a potential one, throwing that Coalition of Chaos line back at his opponents. He brought a new fervour to News Hub's head-to-head leaders debate on Wednesday. their second matchup being a far more fiery one than the first. Hang on, you, hang
6: on. you can't even keep a consistent position during a debate. Chris, let me finish. Still no answer. It's not going to make great TV approach. if we're
2: talking over the top
0: of each other. Calm down. New Zealand First and Winston Peters were key features of the conversation, despite not being in attendance. Mid-debate, Chris Hipkins dropped a bombshell.
6: Paddy, I've got a quote I want to give you. This is a quote from last week, and it's from a New Zealand First candidate speaking in a Meet the Candidates meeting. And I'm, 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 I get a bit angry about this because this is a direct quote and he was talking about Māori. He said, cry if you want to, we don't care. You pushed it too far. We are the party with the cultural mandate and the courage to cut out your disease and bury you permanently.
2: Christopher, you're willing to work with these people, why? Well, I tell you why. Because I'll tell you what's going to happen is I don't want to work with the. Well, I don't want to work with New Zealand first, but I am going to make the call if it means that I stop you to Party and Greens coming to power in three. Do you think years. that's racist? I do. I don't think that's acceptable so at why all. Are I don't you that's to at around table? All. I don't think that's acceptable at all. But what I'd say to you is i am being clear about it. I want people to understand what's at risk at this Winston election. Winston Peters three more years, to
6: Party and Greens an isn't going to make our country okay. I have to come in here, and
2: you worked with them for three years, and I'd never do it again. Yep, and 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 he's them Thirty-seven years. Yep. All right. I'm going to. And trust me, we will be talking
6: about Winston Peters later in this debate.
0: Indeed, they did. It's fair to say the topic was one Christopher Luxon struggled to deal with.
6: A question about Winston Peters: Is he good or bad for this country? Chris Hipkins. Bad. That's a decision for the voters of New Zealand. Yes or no? Is he
2: good or bad? I don't know him. Is he good or bad? I don't don't know him and I don't want to deal with him if I have to, but I have to keep Chris out. Is he good or bad? Because you said you will deal with him if you had to. I don't know him, Paddy. I don't know him well. Everybody knows him. It's Winston Peters.
0: (laughs) It's tricky territory for Mr Luxon, a careful balancing act. He needs to leave that door open to Mr Peters in case he needs him. He's hoping voters will instead flock to National to prevent that occurring, but it could just as easily scare some voters back to the left or upset National's base. Certainly some voters in the true blue seat of Pakuranga were less than impressed. Opportunistic.
6: Totally, totally opportunistic. You don't do that. You, unfortunately you can't work with Winston because he'll change his mind tomorrow. He hasn't got the credibility after the last election when he got in.
3: I wouldn't be thrilled but it wouldn't stop me voting for National Enact. that.
6: problem is I really don't trust Winston so not not 100% happy about that. He hasn't proven himself over the years. He keeps on, you know, flip-flopping all over the place and I um, sometimes feel it's all about Winston rather than uh, New Zealand. Oh, turncoat, absolutely. He said he would never would and now he's going to. Just not happy. I just don't
1: trust him because of that. He's got to make, that, make a choice to, to change the government, but I think getting into bed with Winston is a pretty bad thing.
2: I think that would be a terrible government for the people. None of those guys are people people, you know they uh, just in it for the money, I reckon. Not really what we want as a representative of the country.
0: Personally, I just think it can't get any
6: worse, so if they think they can do it, then give them a go. And what would your dream
0: coalition be for the government? Dream. Fire the whole lot and start again. Chris Hipkins clearly sees opportunity here. On Thursday, in the debate's aftermath, he renewed his line of attack, delivering a speech about race relations in Northland. He underlined his commitment to Te and a partnership with Māori, but then pivoted.
6: Political parties have used race-baiting and anti-treaty politics to divide us during election campaigns in the past. But even when the polls were down as a country, we stood our ground and we held that back. In this election, we need to do that again. The National Act New Zealand First Coalition of Chaos and Cuts puts all that we have worked so hard for at risk. And those with the most to lose include Māori and the place of to treaty in New Zealand's society.
0: Chris Hopkins is a desperate guy in a desperate situation. As for Mr Peters, he says that desperation is driving Labour to dirty tactics. He says his candidates' comments have been taken out of context. He says they were about Labour's push for
1: co-governance. exactly what's going on. They're cancelling out democracy in this country, and that's what he was talking
0: about. It's a somewhat risky strategy for Mr Hipkins, with race relations a contentious area, but he has little to lose when so low in the polls. Here's Corin Dan speaking with RNZ's political reporter, Katie Scotcher.
4: Did he go too far, Chris Hipkins, with his speech yesterday and his comments about race baiting on the other side? What, what is the sense there in terms of a very delicate line to tread on, on issues? A very It was a strong principled speech from his perspective, Some people have argued he should have done it months ago. But, you know, he really did swing hard at those other parties in terms of accusing them of race baiting.
0: Well, we saw
3: after the debate on Wednesday night, he came out and admitted that the uh, campaign for Labour and
0: himself has been pretty low energy for the last three weeks, and he promised to be fired up and bring a lot of energy uh, for what he called the sprint of the last two weeks of the campaign. So I don't think it was necessarily surprising how strong he came out swinging yesterday. I think we can expect to see kind of a similar flavour for the next two weeks. Labour has also continued to question the feasibility of any governing arrangement involving National Act and New Zealand First, throwing that coalition of chaos line back at them. While there are areas of policy agreement between the three players... There are strong differences too, never mind the personality clashes. Expect tough talk around any negotiating table. Have a listen here to the New Zealand Herald's political editor, Claire Trevett.
3: I mean, there's all sorts of permutations they can go for, whether it's abstention, full coalition, whatever it is. But Winston will be very much trying to outmuscle. muscle
4: The the issue is, do do people really, this is always the question. Do people really know what Winston Peters wants? You know, you can imagine if, the, if Nash to win, Jerry Brownlee will be rolled in. There will be all sorts of people rolled in to try and see whether they can figure that out.
3: Yeah, they'll be thinking about their panel for negotiations pretty carefully. Because if, if it's the wrong
4: person, Winston will be very unhappy. You know, this is what we're dealing with. He, won't, exactly. he, won't, he, he will walk at that.
3: He does. He, he does. Um, the person he's dealing with matters significantly to him. And they do have people who can deal with him. It's whether or not they have people with the necessary kind of political or strategic nous to do it. And the chances that they'll go in there. A relatively inexperienced team of, of kind of Luxon, when it comes to this kind of thing, of Luxon nicola willis chris bishop and go in there and and think they can outwily winston it just doesn't work that well, way but one case- of the things winston does do is is the handbrake role so it's not necessarily as much what they'll give
0: him it's what they won't do right and that could pose a real problem for national which is promising to gradually lift the superannuation age and to allow foreign buyers back into the housing markets albeit with a new tax Both areas are likely anathema to New Zealand First, a difficulty for National as it pulls together its fiscal plan. That plan was published in full on Friday two days after Labour had done the same.
3: I do wonder if the timing of it on a Friday afternoon is because the release of fiscal plans tends to result in a choir of economists starting to sing and they're hoping all the economists will take a weekend off start of the school holidays instead of probing (laughs) through the details of their fiscal plan. But there is quite a lot at stake in this because their polling has been slipping a bit. Like They nudged over the 40 mark and now it's slipped in two consecutive polls which some might see as a result of them refusing to present their kind of full costings. It's still category, dogging them, isn't so it? They
4: can't go a couple of days without it coming up in some way, shape or form.
3: Yeah, they have to look. So clearly people are, are thinking, sitting there thinking, well, they're not being fully transparent. So the, the fiscal plan has to pretty much stack up for them.
0: But simply both Labour and Nationals numbers are tight. There's not a lot of wiggle room in there for any future promises. National's finance spokesperson Nicola Willis is promising to bring down debt quicker than Labour and to deliver a larger surplus, albeit in the same year, 2027. She says she's confident there are no holes.
5: What we have done at every step in our financial process is take a conservative approach mm. in our tax plan. There were aspects that our external reviewer said, look, we don't think it's going to cost that much. For example, family boost. Uh, And we've always chosen the conservative approach. We've left buffers in our tax plan. We've also left buffers in this plan today. Uh, As you can see, in our first year of this plan, uh, the tax plan actually... Uh, raises more than half a billion dollars more uh, than is needed to deliver the income tax reduction we've promised. In every budget, we've left sufficient buffer so that if there are unforeseen costs or things we haven't imagined yet today, we're in a good, strong position to meet them.
0: The biggest cost-saving, or cut depending on your politics, comes from welfare, with national adjusting the way benefits are increased every year. In 2019, Labour indexed benefits to wages the same way as the pensioners. Previously, benefits were indexed to inflation, which typically meant smaller increases on a yearly basis. National intends to move back to that approach. It reckons it will save $2 billion over four years.
6: In the middle of a cost-of-living crisis, they're prioritising cutting benefits and giving tax breaks to property speculators and landlords.
2: Just to be clear, we are not cutting anything. There will be an increase in benefits each and every year. We are making sure that actually beneficiaries are protected by increasing those ben- benefits uh, and adjusting them for the cost of living. That's the right way to go about it. Equally, we then are wanting to grow our economy so we create job opportunities to get people from
0: welfare and into work. Expect more focus on the fiscals over the coming weeks as both parties scrutinise the others' plan for potential holes. The two Chris's will face off again on Tuesday in the press debate in Christchurch, a typical town hall affair. And the minor parties will duke it out on Thursday night on TVNZ. Next week marks the start of early voting in New Zealand, that runway fast running out for all political parties. That's Focus on Politics. I'm Craig McCulloch. Thanks for joining me. Matua.